Hey, everybody. I'm entertainment journalist Drew Taylor. And I'm filmmaker Charles Hood. And we host Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. But right now, we're about to launch our first ever universe-expanding miniseries. That's right. Get ready for Light the Fuse presents The Directors. We'll speak to filmmakers who have made iconic Paramount movies and get them to open up in a way that only we can. That's right. Listen to Light the Fuse presents The Directors wherever you get your podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. We've been doing a lot of these little mini ones as well where we're getting people who've been on the show to come on and talk about movies. They're getting them through the uh, the quarantine mm. here. Yeah. Um, and somebody came on and their, their behind them was just the most packed bar you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a real bar, though. No one no yeah. one's in there. No, no, no it, was it was a real bar. bar. It was real, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was their oh, house okay. bar, but... Boy, did they have Remember in old movies, you know, people used to walk into rooms and there were always lots of liquor. There was always a a, 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 a tray and a cabinet and something moving with, with, with liquor bottles all over it. And in the 30s, there were just the liquor, liquor bottles in all movies, you know, even after Prohibition. Back in the day. Yeah. Like, a, like a cowboy movie. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you uh, holding up there? Is that, uh, your... oh, it's crazy, isn't it? It's... Uh... It's surreal. It's like one of these Michael Bay meteor movies. Yeah. Where everyone's just watching the news like, what the hell is going on? Our prime minister's in the ICU. I've just been down the butchers with a face mask on. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's bonkers. Well, well, thank you, man, for uh, making the time. I'm, um, uh, I, I hope I I'm interesting <laughs> enough for you guys. I thought, well, let's stick to action films because at least I can speak with some authority on that. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe, I've seen many of your films and and, and that's part of my life growing up as well, to be honest. Oh, my God, I'm so old. No, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Inner Space and uh, The Burbs. Brilliant oh, stuff. Well, thank brilliant you. stuff. Can I? I'm 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 always a fan of this one, but we just watched it recently, and it has so much more resonance right now. Um, recommend matinee uh, in the current context. Yeah, now I'm pretty sure that I must have seen that at some point, but it is a hazy in my memory that one. It's a Cuban Missile Crisis movie. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, scenes of people racing to the grocery store to buy toilet yeah, paper it's, uh, which is you know it's 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 pretty accurate portrayal of the period but um it is it's it's all coming back it's all what goes around comes around yeah but but uh but at the end it leaves you hopeful which is nice so scott you're, you're working i mean you're not working now but are you you're i see from imdb you've got you know a bunch of stuff in uh, that's gonna come out oh yeah stay busy i like to stay busy uh, my motto is um you know, keep working because the more work you do, the better you get. I don't know if that's the right motto, but I think it's pretty it's pretty accurate. Yeah. This is the movies that made me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante.
what are we here? Well, well, well uh, we're, we're here with uh, uh, the movie star, Scott Atkins, um, who is a star of some, some really fun movies. Uh, the Debt Collector, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Triple Threat, uh, which came out last year, which is fantastic. Um, uh, Avengement, you've done a bunch of films with our uh, previous guest, uh, Jesse Johnson, uh, who's a wonderful director. Uh, you're also, I'm so looking forward to this. I think it's dropping in about a week. Uh, you're in It Man 4. Oh, yes. I love those movies. Yeah, well, me too. It's not as yeah. much fun to make as to watch, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> when, you're, when you're actually getting punched. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you're the last man standing. I, oh, of course. I said, li listen, I know it's called It Man 4, but I'm only going to do it if I win. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you fight Donnie? Do you get to fight Donnie? I do. I'm the big bad. I'm the big bad oh. guy. Oh, I'm, the guy, I'm the guy wonderful. that has it coming. Yeah. <laughs> the man you love to hate. I, he and I, I can't remember what it was. Way, way back when in like the, the 90s, um, I was sort of plying my trade in the straight to video minds. And I, he and I met on a project because he was sort of coming up through that world. And um, uh, he, he was wonderful. But it's, it's so great seeing, you know, how, how far he has come from those days. Yeah, actually, I, I mean, I've worked with pretty much everyone in the action film industry, it seems. Um, and he was the last on the list. That was like the, the bucket list of yep. all the guys that I could possibly work with that I've grown up admiring and watching all their work and, you know, studying these guys. And, and he was the last one on the list, really. So it's, uh, yeah, and it was a, ni a nice part in, in, the, in what turned out to be a really good film. And uh, yeah, I get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> <laughs> have Have you gotten to beat any of your uh, action hero idols? Um, not the Chinese ones. They won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave. Uh, who, who did I get? Yeah, I, I got to give Dolph Lundgren a good shooting. Uh, oh, yeah, fantastic! On, on a couple of occasions. Fantastic. So that was nice. That's great. <laughs> He's a good guy, Dolph. He's, right. I'm actually doing a film with Dolph at the moment. And we actually got shut down because of the, the, the pandemic, mm. um, as did many other productions. But yeah, we just started that in, uh, in Alabama and I had to try and get home. Yeah. Oh, wow. My, my very first job in the movie business, I started out working crew as a, I was a PA on Masters of the Universe. Oh, wow. With with, with yeah. golf, so <laughs> I just did a film, uh, Debt Collector Two, actually. And, uh, oh, really? Okay, wait. And there's, there's a, the the guy that play well, the guy that plays Blade in in Masters of the Universe, Anthony, right? Anthony, yes, Anthony. Oh, uh, Delonges, Tony Delonges. Now that that's right, yeah. Uh, I just I worked with him. He, he was a lovely guy. Oh, he's an incredible. He sword is, yeah. And well, I, I worked with him. We had a fight scene to do, and he's I, I think he's you know, turned 70. Yeah. And uh, I had to give him a bit of a kick in. I was very careful to be a gentleman <laughs> about it. But he, he was a great sport, a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned so much from about uh, uh, sword fighting in movies from him. I didn't, he's the one who told me that, um, he was saying that, that uh, um, Basil, uh, Basil Rathbone was the greatest sword fighter in Hollywood. Right. And you watch him in those movies and, you know, He's carrying Errol Flynn while he's having his ass kicked. Wow! And then, but if you want to see if you want to see how they how real sword fighters, like combat fighters, actually fought, um, he said nobody nobody's better than Oliver Reed in the Three Musketeers movie. Really? With that kind of because he was just there's no style. It's just this sort of 
lumbering, smashing, bashing, hitting people over the well, head. Well, he's probably and, drunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to speak bad of don't want to speak bad of Ollie Reed. He is a, le- a legend. Was a legend. No, everybody, everybody loves him. But uh, we we all know he likes to drink a little bit. <laughs> a lot of actors like to drink. If you um, only the good ones. <laughs> yes. We're all actors now, I guess. These are your favorite action movies, or just action movies people should know about? Or um, I guess we're talking about the action films that have had an impact on me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to want to start start with one, and we'll go from there? Well, yeah, I put a list down. Um, I got to say, Rocky too. Win, you know. He wants to bury you. He wants to humiliate you. He wants to prove to the whole world that it was nothing but some kind of a, a freak the first time out. Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot, but he's about to show the world he's one in a million. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. Rocky Two. The story continues. I was wondering if. Uh... You wouldn't mind marrying me very much. I do. Thanks. The love continues. You're the best thing ever come that crazy life. The courage. The doctor said you shouldn't fight anymore. You recommended I don't fight, and I recommend that I do. Rocky II had a massive impact on me. I mean, all, all the Rocky films, okay. Right. And, but for me, Rocky II... Is, is better than Rocky One. Now, controversial. How, how, I have to warn you. Listen, it's a good thing we're not in the studio because I'm from Philadelphia and those are fighting words. But yeah, um, uh, yeah I, 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 I could probably take you. <laughs> but <laughs> I doubt it. How, 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 I'm, how, so how did, how, how is Rocky Two your favorite? How is Rocky Two not your favorite? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Was that the first one you saw? Or? No, I mean, I remember watching Rocky, the first yeah. one. I remember watching it yeah. with my mum and my brother, and I was very small. It must be one of the, the earliest memories I have of, of seeing the film, to be honest. I just remember my mum talking about how brilliant it was, telling my dad, oh, it was great, we loved it, it was amazing. But for me, obviously, Rocky's an amazing film, and I've seen that many, many times. But Rocky too, it's like they've remade the first film, but they, they've made right. it better, i.e., <laughs> i.e. Well, it's turbocharged. It's got a turbocharged. Yeah, it was such a low-budget film, wasn't it, the first Rocky? And, and they obviously yeah. had some more money to throw yeah. the second one. And me as a kid, you know, I'm not overthinking things. I'm just viewing these movies as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, what you see it as back then is, is still what you see it as now when you've grown up, I think. For sure, um, yeah. And I like Rocky II more because it had an incredible training montage sequence, which the Rocky films are well known for. And the one in Rocky II is brilliant. And all the kids are chasing him and he's jumping over the benches. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the, yes, yes. Because he does the same run, right? But this time he's yes. That- all Yes. All the kids are chasing. Yeah. It's a brilliant montage scene. And um, the music is the same as it was in the first one, but... It, it's amped mm-hmm. up. It, it's done on a bigger scale with a bigger band. It's one of the best soundtracks ever made in, in any film, in my opinion. And the, the end fight, 
the end fight is uh, is much better. It's better choreographed. It's it's better filmed. Mm. Okay. Um, because they had more money, of course. I know about trying to do good fight scenes yeah. on a low budget. It's not very easy. I, mm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously he wins. And I prefer it. <laughs> he, he kicks his ass. <laughs> yes. And and Stallone directed that one too, so there was a uh, yeah, which which may account for the better fight scenes. Uh, yeah, is that is that? Oh no, no, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one where they have the rematch. Yeah, right? Ro- Ro- I mean Rocky Two is almost like Rocky One, the same film. Um, obviously, he's got different trials and tribulations at the beginning, where he's uh, yeah. you know he doesn't want to be a fighter anymore, and he's having to take these adverts, and they're making him look like a a fool and. Um, Listen, when when his wife is in the hospital and she's in a coma and he's over her bed and he's all sad, that moment when she opens her eyes and looks at him and goes, win, that's, that's <laughs> cinema. That is cinema. Come on. That is amazing. It's fantastic. It is. Um, um, have, you, have you seen the, uh, you've seen the new ones, I assume? Oh, right? I've seen all of them, of course, yeah. And and do do you like the the, the new Apollo Creed ones? I, I kind of love them. I, I I like them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. They're not they're not as they're not the original Rockies, um, and they're not supposed right. to be. Yeah. Um, and in a way, you know, they'll never be that. They never could be that because they meant so much to me as a kid. I suppose. Um, yeah, I just there's something about you know say what you will about Stallone. I love I love the fact that he took this iconic character and was willing to have him step back for this sort of new wave of, of movies about the character of that world. Um, it seemed kind of very generous uh, on his part. Yeah. And there's something so profoundly nostalgic about, you know, seeing, seeing him in that. It, uh, uh, and Dolph in the second one. Dolph, yeah. And Dolph was great in the, in the second one. He's so yeah. good. At the, I mean, the fourth Rocky is so dopey, but, they managed to the rocky number four is like a music video it's one prolonged yeah, music yeah. video but it's still great it's still I mean, good there's 50 there's 15 minutes of movies in it yeah. um it's crazy and that that was my when i first got here uh, i remember the moment i realized it's all lies was i had the last movie i saw in philadelphia was rocky four came out here got a job like a month later i'm working on a movie with dolph lundgren who's what seven and a half feet tall in that movie yeah and and I get here, and Dolph Lundgren is exactly my. <laughs> I was like, "This is it's lying that. to us." How tall are you? <laughs> I'm I'm six five. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a tall he's a tall guy. He's a tall guy. You, you'll tower over me, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but he's not he's not you know Ivan Drago size. <laughs> is. I must break you. <laughs> I will break you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he is. Uh, uh, Dolph is like some sort of, I don't know, made out of clay. God man, <laughs> yeah, the perfect. <laughs> so wait, did are you, did you or are you going to fight him in this one? Are you saying uh, we're teaming up in in the the film we're doing at the moment? Yes, oh, really? but you're not going to do the thing where you meet cute by fighting first. Well, or? don't want to give too much away, but you know, <laughs> stereotypically. We might we might have a little bit of a word with it, a harsh word with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah. That's great. Um, so what's what's next on your list? Well, let, let me get my list back up again. 
Um, staying with Stallone then, because I mean, I, yes. I really love Stallone. He's made so many great films. For me, he's a true filmmaker. You know, he, I mean, he does everything right. He directs, he writes, he's, he's acting. Yeah, no, I, I remember when I, when I saw Paradise Alley, you know, which was, I, I think, the first picture he directed. And uh, it was so assured uh, and had its own style. And it was not, it, it was not just some assignment picture. It was obviously something that was personal yeah. to him. And yeah. I, was, I was impressed. I said, boy, you know, if this guy decides he doesn't want to act anymore, he can, he can direct. But now he's been doing both. Well, he's, he's such a smart guy, isn't he? I mean, he, and he can do many other things. Um, but for me, the, probably the best action film ever made. You could make a claim that it's the best action film ever made. For me, it's certainly one of the best. Is is First Blood? John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about thirty miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you a lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just save him. Crack. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo, one man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! And straight for the top. Right on top. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. Don't push it, I'll give you a war you won't believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great film. Because yes. it, it's got everything. Um, you know, it's, it's brilliantly acted, brilliantly directed. The story is uh, amazing. It was relevant at the time. And the way the character that he portrays in that, as an audience member, you can really get get behind what's going on and and still it's not it's not clear who to root for still mm-hmm. at yeah. first at least yeah i mean Reason. well towards the end when he's really losing his mind and shooting up the uh the sheriff's town you know yeah. you, you're with yeah. it you're with him you're along for the ride but no it's, yeah no I, I i got that but yes you, you're with him at first and then it gets, yeah. it gets weird um, um well what's amazing too is it's such a low body count yeah but it's it's intense you isn't know? it yeah yeah, it's like every time I go back to it, I forget how few people actually die. You you feel like it's this bloodbath. And it's, yeah, um, and he he plays that part so well. I mean, R- the Rocky films, he's you know he plays that that dumb guy. Uh, it's not got much going on upstairs, but he's almost got verbal diarrhea. He doesn't shut up. He's telling his jokes. He's got cuff and link. <laughs> and then the character of Rambo is, you know, obviously a bit rough around the edges still, but he almost never he almost doesn't speak. And he yeah. he plays it brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, he can say so much with uh, with a look. But I just think First Blood is one of the best action films 
you've ever seen because it, it's realistic as well to to a degree it, yeah. it's like you can believe that this could actually happen and uh i love it i think it's fantastic it's it's one of those films where you know all the, all these films it, if, if you see it on the tv you'll you'll have a little look at it and then you know an hour later you've you've got to the credits and you've watched it for the hundredth time <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it's 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 so good, and it's so. Um, I remember when it came out, it was it was the very low expectations because he'd been having. Am I wrong, Joe? There was sort of a lull there. It was like outside of Rocky movies, his films weren't taking off, and it just felt like here comes another Stallone film that's not going to be very good and do very well, and then sort of out of the blue, it's this incredible phenomenon. Um, yeah, I, I I love seeing a movie with no expectations or low expectations, and just getting blown out of the back of the theater. Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess it, it was just one of those things that was around as I'm a kid, and you would you would catch it on TV, watch it, stay up and watch it with your dad, maybe. Um, I do remember Rambo 2 being released, and obviously I couldn't go and watch it at the cinema, but I remember my dad bringing back Rambo 2 to watch on a school night, and, you know, it's an 18 certificate, and I'm about 12. <laughs> or 11. Right. So, I'm going to get Rambo 2, lads. What a brother. <laughs> the excitement was was through the roof. <laughs> yeah how how do you how do you rate Rambo uh, two versus First Blood? Where you? Uh... Yeah, it's nowhere close to to First Blood. Well, I think when people see Rambo first and then go back and see First Blood, they're surprised how much more serious First Blood is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. it, it definitely went a bit comic booky. Yeah, it's real. Turn your brain off and have a good time with with the rest of the series. With the rest of the series, yeah. But, uh, but how about Brian yeah, Dennehy yeah. in Fast uh, Blood? Oh, yeah, so good. wasn't Wasn't that Kirk Douglas for a hot minute, Joe? Or am I... uh, there was a lot of casting stuff that sort of fell out at the last minute. And I think Richard Crenna's part was originally supposed to be somebody else too. Yeah, but you know the casting's great. Crenna's great, and and just that that location too. I love I love the American Northwest. Yeah. Um, or it's, it almost looks like it's about to rain and everything's green. And it's because it always is about to rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's there's uh, that great shot in in the in the woods there in the forest when the uh, you know the deputies are going through and the the sun starts to go down. It's very wet, and then it, mm -hmm. it stays on on one shot. And you can actually when you rewind it, you, you realize you're looking at Stallone hiding with all the camouflage on, but you don't see him at the time. And then he jump, jumps out and gets that guy. It, it's yes. it's great stuff like that. Yes, yeah. Don't push it. Let it go. <laughs> I give you more you wouldn't believe. Oh, wait, is it? Yeah, David Caruso is one of the one of the squirrely cops who gets his ass yeah. kicked. Right, one of his one of his early roles. I think Brian Dennehy kicks his ass more than Rambo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, love Denny. Love Denny. Uh, what what's next? What do you got? Okay, enter the dragon. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the deadly three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. 
U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. So, yeah, so so uh, you do what you do, which um, is uh, uh, you make you make them martial arts movies. Fair to say is yeah. uh, how how. <laughs> what what was um like what was your end of the dragon experience the first time I'd, it, uh... honestly i'd be more interested to hear your guys take take on it because for me again it's i'm growing up and enter the dragon is out there in the ether it's just there's this guy bruce lee yeah. he's the ultimate martial artist and this film enter the dragon would be on on tv late at night and you, you know you'd have to record it and you, it, you know it's it's a bit of a risky film with, you know, topless ladies and it's very violent. And for that to be your first experience of Bruce Lee, because, um, you know, having seen the other films after Enter the Dragon, um, he's a lot more lighthearted in, in some of those other films. But in Enter the Dragon, he's almost like some crazy killing machine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a little bit scary. But for me, it was I'd, I'd be interested to... Well, that's the, that. that's the movie that really introduced him to... The, the American audience certainly, although we had, we had, were familiar of him with him before from Green Hornet, where he was Cato, right? Uh, and for and the series was uh, you know it was mildly popular, uh, but and he his role was expanded a little bit as the show went on because he was popular, but he never that never had the the, the reach that End of the Dragon did. I mean, End of the Dragon was a big hit, and um, people who didn't know who Bruce Lee was and didn't know about martial arts movies or any of that kind of stuff. This was really their their introduction to it on a, on a mainstream level. So he died before the film was released, right? Yes. Yeah. Just like James Dean so and Giant. Do, do you recall him yeah. dying being big news, uh, living in America? Oh, or, oh yeah, yeah. it was huge news. I mean, yeah. and, and all of the subsequent Bruce Lee fights back from the grave movies you know, with Bruce Lee imitators. Mm, yeah. And then there was, then there was Game of Death. Then, then on the list, those movies. And then there was Game of Death, which was yeah. the, the, the movie that he hadn't finished that yeah. they completely retooled uh, yeah. with doubles and a, and a different plot that allowed him to be played by different people. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting stitch job, uh, that movie. Yeah. But, uh, and, but there's only about 11... There are some shots, aren't there, Joe, where he's got like there's an actor with a, cu a cardboard cutout of Bruce Lee's yeah. face. Supposedly, there's about yeah. 11 minutes of Bruce Lee that were available, yeah. and then the rest of it was completely cut out of whole cloth. And um, and it's it's a, it's still a, a kind of an interesting movie, but it's completely bonkers. I mean, <laughs> the, the 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 way they had to stretch the story to use the footage they had with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, was uh, it's 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 a great save job, but it's not not exactly a satisfying experience. <laughs> not a great movie. But I remember. I mean, I was I was a kid when um, End of the Dragon came out and had seen again. I, I knew him a little bit from Green Hornet because uh, uh, you know, there was a crossover. I was a huge Batman fan, the old Batman '66 yeah. show, and they did a crossover. And even as a child, having never seen Bruce Lee before. Um, I knew there was something fishy about the fact that uh, he fights Robin to a standstill. Um, that that did not seem correct to to my small mind. <laughs> and, There's a story behind but that. But he was right. There's a little story. Behind. 
Well, yeah, because they were because Batman was the big show and they were the big stars. And my my understanding is like, you know, there's no way you get to beat the stars. You have to, yeah. you know. But apparently, you know, Bruce like, wasn't very happy about it, was he? I'm sure he was not. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> he was saying things like, "I mean, I don't know if this is true. This is the the, the story that I've heard." He was saying, "He's not. Robin's not going to beat me. This kid's not going to beat me. And if he tries to do it on the day, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to kick the shit out of him." <laughs> so he was scared. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I can't imagine Burt Ward would have seriously tried to take on Bruce. Yeah, I, I heard he was a bit nervous going into that day. Uh, funny. Um, but but yeah, Escape, or Escape, End of the Dragon was, I mean, it, was, it hit like a nuclear bomb on, you know, at least on 12-year-olds. You know, we were uh, just all of a sudden, everyone was obsessed with, with Bruce Lee and martial arts. And it's it's it's, I feel like it was sort of, our introduction to that whole world, um, that whole style of fighting. I remember you couldn't go anywhere for a solid year without seeing that poster of him holding the nunchucks with the, you know, the scars on his mm-hmm. face and the mirrors behind him. And, um, you know, he, it, it just, it changed everything. And there were Marvel started putting out Kung Fu comics mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, the dopey TV show came along, but it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was, I, he was, it was, you know, I, I missed Elvis by many, many. I was not around then, but um, you know, he was kind of our generation's Elvis, I guess, to some extent, in terms of cultural impact. Yeah, and still to this day, he's uh, yeah, he's all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wearing in Enter the Dragon. He wears those fingerless gloves, uh, which is predicting twenty-five years later what the UFC would do. <laughs> Talk about being ahead of your time. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, God, yeah, what an amazing character! And that that film is fun. I mean, it's like it just, it just makes you yearn for the series of those movies that could have come afterwards. Yeah, it's a rip off, isn't it, of Doctor No? Apparently, the, the yeah. yeah, but it's it's yeah. just it's him, it's Bruce, it's Bruce yeah. Lee, and you you notice that they you know they they brought John Saxon in. They've got um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the other guy? The the black actor. I can't think of oh, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, of course. Yeah, oh, Jim of course. Kelly, Jim Kelly, yeah. Um, yep. Just in case this character is not, not going to be enough for us, let's put John Saxon there and Jim Kelly and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, of course, you just cannot take your eyes off Bruce Lee. Yeah. He's probably, for me, is the most charismatic actor I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was something amazing about him in that regard. And, uh uh, yeah, I don't know what I always go to. It's, it's, you know, just great advice. It's like, you can't do anything if it doesn't have emotional content. Not anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the first it's, film I ever did was, um, a Hong Kong movie. We shot it in China. It was 1999 and it was directed by a guy called Stephen Dung Wei. And that the guy, the director was the kid in Enter the Dragon. That he, really? that he has that oh, scene. Wow, where he, really? he slaps on the back of the head. Never take your eyes oh off your God. opponent. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first director I ever worked with. Was that kid? Fantastic. What did you What did you think of the scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? The Bruce Lee scene. Um, not too happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> not too happy with it. I think I see what Tarantino is trying to do. Obviously, he wants to build up the Cliff Booth character, show how hard he is. That is not to be trifled with, so that we have some expectation of what it can do at the end, even if he is smoking acid. Um, but I think he could have achieved that and still have been respectful to 
the legend of Bruce Lee, which I think him and his family deserve. Yeah, I, I, I it's, it's, it's. I think my one, my one issue with that movie. Yeah, I'm a huge Tarantino fan, uh, and and you would think that Tarantino's a fan because of yeah all the movies I, he likes, and the, you know Uma Thurman basically wears the Game of Death tracksuit, right? Right, and Kill Bill. Um, and um, yeah, I'm sure Bruce Lee was arrogant. Yeah, absolutely. But he came off as a bit of a buffoon, which was odd. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I remember he, you know, um, uh, a friend who was big in the business back in back in the day, who actually trained with him a little bit. But apparently, do you know the story, Joe, about the the Universal Tower? I think it was where they um, they wanted to make sure that people couldn't break the windows of the high rise. Uh, so they had Bruce come in and try to kick them out. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. Wow. I don't know, but he was, he was sort of, yeah. <laughs> he must have been thinking, are you going to pay me for this? How much are you going to pay me? Yeah. What, what happens if I take a flying leap at this window in the 38th yeah. floor? And, and, it, and it breaks and I go. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. Oh, right. Oh, that's the scene in, um, um, what is it, Marlowe, the James Garner film, where James Garner actually plausibly beats uh, Bruce Lee in a fight. Have you, have you seen that film, Scott? Um, so it comes into, there's, there's not, two similar a, things, isn't there? There's, there's two, there's the one with James Wagner. No, James Garner. Oh, James, James Garner. Garner. Uh, yeah. Garner. Yeah. I, so I've seen it. I, I get it. Mixed up. Up. I get that a long street mixed up, I think. Yeah. It's, just it's so clear he's outmatched. Yeah. But he just, he taunts him mercilessly to drive him into a murderous rage. And and Bruce runs and leaps at him, and they're on the they're on the roof of a building, and James Garner just ducks. So so maybe that's where he got the idea from then. <laughs> maybe for the window, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was just wondering, like, if that if seeing that film kind of sparked something. Here's here's the question, I guess. Were you already into um, martial arts uh, the first time you saw Enter the Dragon? No, because you grow up with it. I was born in 76, so it was just by the time I was able to watch a film like that, you know, he, Bruce Lee was the legend that he still is. Um, but, yeah, whenever it was on, I would try and step and watch it or record it. And it, it is my favorite Bruce Lee film. Um, but I guess I'm saying, is, it, was there, is there a connection between that film and your, your, uh, your choices to – go into martial arts and martial arts films. Well, absolutely being inspired by Bruce Lee, and I was in a massive way and, um, you know, read his writings. And I, when I was a kid, I would have in my garage, my dad's garage, I turned it into a dojo and I had a flag of Bruce Lee and I would bow to oh, wow. the master and I would do my training, <laughs> you know. I, okay, so so you would say it had an effect on you. <laughs> um uh so yeah you know all these uh sort of martial arts act and action stars as a kid growing up that that was what i was into and that's what i wanted to do with my life yeah um most people grow out of yeah. it but for some reason i never did <laughs> well, luckily you didn't yeah yes. luckily well, you know all, all of us are victims of decisions that were made by 13 year olds <laughs> yeah in our business i i'm making films <laughs> for the 16 year old in myself yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? Um, it's a fun job, man. That's uh, there are worse things to do. I it's think. fun. It's fun until they put you in front of Donnie Yen and. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so what's what's next on your list? Um, 
Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't, don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? The worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Yes! Roadhouse, baby. Come on. Talking about Anthony. He's in Roadhouse. Anthony DeLongas. Oh, wow, is he? I don't... He's right yeah. He's is he's one of is he one of Ben Gazzara's thugs? Yeah, he's uh, the guy. The he goes, uh, we're closed, and he says, "What are all these people doing here? They're drinking and having a good time. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're going to have a good time. You're too stupid to have a good time." And he drags him out by the boot. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's a that's a. <laughs> it's hard not to love Roadhouse. I know that all these films are a little, a little bit silly, <laughs> but but the, the, this we're talking about film, films that made me right. Films that made yeah, me absolutely. There's yeah. no silly when you're yes. talking about no. movies that made me. I've seen Roadhouse so yeah. many times. <laughs> And I think it's, uh, honestly, it's amazing. You're talking about a guy here who's studied martial arts movies, um, every detail of them. And it always amazes me that this movie that came out, I guess it was around 88 in America, the fight scenes, I think it's a great, great movie. It's, it's a great story about the bouncer who's really cool and gets uh, in deep over his head and all the rest of it. And, and that's the story. But the, the the action, the fight sequences, which are basically performed by a dancer, are brilliant. Yeah, how how can you how how is Swayze's form? Is he plausible when you're watching that? It's brilliantly done. Yeah, it's ahead of its time in terms of the sort of fight sequences you would see in American movies of that time, which would rely heavily on doubles, um, and you know a wide master shot, and then uh, various angles, and then edit it all together in the editing room and you've got some of it's the double and you know other bits are it, it seems to me that the, the fight coordinator was a guy called um uh benny the jet uh Kides. oh sure yeah the kickboxer yeah and he was in a few yeah, done a few yeah. films with jackie chan a couple of films with jackie chan yeah and he's in um and he must have really been paying attention to the way they shot the, those fights because sure the fights of roadhouse have shot brilliantly Still to this day, they hold up. Yeah, no. Yeah, when you say that, I, I yeah, that that is absolutely the appeal of that. Um, he yeah, he was he's also in. I think he was John Cusack's. Trainer. That's right. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, he shows up at like Gross Point Blank with that great fight in the hall. Yeah, legendary kickboxer, uh, the best back kick in the business. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's God. That film's a hoot. I love the um, 
I love the notion that there's this whole national or maybe international community of of bouncers. Yeah. Who, you know, you call in when you're when you're opening a bar in a particularly tough area, you know, you get that guy from Cleveland. <laughs> and then when he's in trouble, he calls the old master who's you know, retired because he's seen too yeah. much shit. But just for you, kid. I'll tell what's you. his name again? Sam. Sam Elliott. I ain't going to show you my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Double douche. I just, I just love that. Yeah, but just creating that universe where that's that's a thing is uh, is fascinating. It's just one of those films that I just watched it over and over and over again, and yeah, I, I just it's. It's part martial arts film, but it's it's more like a, a like a cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. It's like those those yeah. barroom brawls of those old cowboy films. Oh, very much so. Yeah, well, he's he's the sheriff who comes in to clean up the terrible town, and you know, um, yeah, no, I love that. Every once in a while, I see Kelly Lynch at my grocery store down the road, and it's always it's it's always exciting. And in spite of the fact that she's done you know a hundred, shall we say, quote unquote, good movies. The thing I always think of is Roadhouse. Well, I don't know why you would think of her in Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> She's fantastic. Yeah. She's great. I think my VHS may yeah. have um, been paused uh, for too long at a certain point. <laughs> but, uh, but enough about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Any of you guys fans of John Woo? Oh, yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to um, used to drive to Chinatown uh, to to rent really shitty VHS tapes that would have the um, they would and have the subtitles on the in Cantonese and Mandarin and God knows what the side, yeah. the side, the top, the bottom. Didn't know which and, one to read. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, God, yes. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Yeah, I went through a big John Woo obsession. Um, but what's uh, your favorite? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one to pick between Hard Boiled and The Killer, but I think The, the Killer is yeah. a brilliant movie. A lethal assassin, burdened by conscience in a dangerous world. His only way out, a deadly assignment with a hidden secret. Now betrayed by the only code he ever knew and haunted by visions of a violent past. His only hope for redemption is a friendship which could cost him his life. 
the perfect genre yeah. of film, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. It's, it's all there. The pigeons. The pigeons, <laughs> the romance. Yeah. The blindness. No. <laughs> it's... I wonder if that, that was one of those movies that for years you would get. There's always these movies that are circulating Hollywood that like, you know, I'm a screenwriter, half my friends are screenwriters. And there's always a movie that year that we're all called in to pitch on that never gets made. And, you know, one, once in a while it's Death Wish and sometimes it's Seconds, the Rock Hudson movie. But The Killer was one that was, they're always trying to remake The Killer. Yeah. And for some reason they can never, they can never do it. The last version I heard of was um, they were going to make the, uh, Chayon Fat character, a woman, which I yeah. thought was it's interesting at least. But well, I think uh, one of the reasons the killer works for me is because because it's Chinese mm -hmm. and it's there's that romantic element. Which, to be honest, if you saw it in a Western movie, you probably wouldn't be able to take it seriously. Yeah, but, yeah. But that um, over the top, you know, melodrama work. Yeah, so um, operatic. Operatic. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. And. He definitely leans into that in, in a big way, does does John. Yeah. Um, I think it can work with that culture. Um, so if you were going to remake The Killer, uh, yeah, probably still work, wouldn't it? But you'd have to do it for a more Western sensibility, I suppose. Yeah, you'd dampen some of that stuff. Um, or or not. I mean, he, he did all right with that style with Face Off, I thought. <laughs> And, you know, there's no reason why face-off should be as good as it is, but it just works. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. There's, there's, even, there's even scenes with the two guys standing next to each other. And, you know, I can't, like Travolta towers over Nicolas Cage. He's just got so much more yeah. mass. And yet somehow you just slip the faces on and no one's going to notice. Yeah. That, you know? he's, he's grown a foot. And they didn't even mention how they did the hair, let alone, let alone the body. Yeah. <laughs> The kind of thing they used to do on old serials, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the hero would masquerade as somebody else and then they would pull the mask off and it would be, why well, look, there's a different actor under there. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> it was such a trope. I mean, they always did it and it was always ridiculous, but it always fooled everybody. Complete, completely absurd. But, you know, the, the John, as a fan of action films, the John Woo style, um, when you can, when, as a director, when you can, completely change the way people have to shoot action or, or do something a certain way, whether it be special effects or whatever, Yeah, you know, the, what he brought to the table with the, the two guns and his style of, of shooting the shootouts was just so new, energetic and brilliant that you had, you had to copy John Woo. Yeah. You, you had to copy him back then. Yeah. And there were so many copycats of that style. Nobody ever really did it as good as John Woo, but um, I, I, for me, it, it almost feels like no one did that um, again up until I saw Heat. And you saw that mm. shootout, which was so realistic yeah. to the point where the, the sound of the guns sounded absolutely real. And for some reason, I, I don't recall anyone ever doing, doing it like that previously. Then you, you, if you did a shootout, you had to copy Heat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember there's actually, I remember seeing there's a movie called under fire with Nick Nolte. That's really great. And it's got, um, it's a very hard reality based movie set in South America. And, uh, um, I remember it was the first time I'd ever heard bullet hits and shots that actually sounded like they were coming from a real gun. I think that was like the first time I'd ever heard that. Yeah. And then never again until he, where it was the same thing where you just, 
you recognize. And it was such a strange thing to think like, why, why is no one, why doesn't anybody do this? I mean, I get why for a big dopey action movie, maybe you want to sort of make the bullets sound more cartoony, but there's something really terrifying to, to the sound of actual gunshots and bullets landing yeah. near you. Yeah, they, I mean, even for like action movies now, I think they still lean towards the the heat style of, of the of the way the the guns sound now. It's, yeah, yeah, it's gotten better. It's definitely gotten better. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember seeing, um, I think it was True Lies, the the Cameron film, and John Woo was just starting to happen over here. But it was like there was a shootout in True Lies where I realized it like. Oh, Jim, Jim Cameron's actually paying attention oh, to what's yeah. going on. I think like, Schwarzenegger's rolling down the snow, I think, and he turns on his back and he's... Yeah, he's got two guns. Yeah. 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 And, and you're like, oh, I, I know where Jim rents his videos. <laughs> this is it. You had to copy John Woo, even if, even if you're James Cameron. Yeah. You still had to, because it was just so impressive what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort of like the first time you see a movie where they, you know, they edit two shots together. It's like, oh, well, I guess that's how we're doing it now. <laughs> Well, well, again, the way the way he would um, choose his shots, uh, and would you know, he he would have. I mean, it's different now, isn't it? I I suppose you'd know more about this, Joe. But um, if you were going to film, he would have one f- camera running in slow mo, I guess, what however many frames a second, and then he'd have this camera over here that is uh, twenty four frames a second, and you can see that in the way he's. He's not ramping the the speed of the cameras and stuff. And sometimes he'll slow down uh, um, some of the shot at 24 and you can see that it's got that mm-hmm. juddery, purposely slowed down effect. Um, and sometimes he would do that on purpose. But the, the yeah, the way he would shoot action and edit it, edit it together is just, it's still to this day, it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, fantastic. Um, I understand he was a big fan of the Wild Bunch. Peckinpah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So he, yeah, he's definitely stealing from Peckinpah in, in the style there, would you say? Yeah, yeah. with the slow yeah. yeah. Or end building on it. Yeah. No, no, we, that's what we all do. I mean, we we, we, we borrow and we yeah. try to uh, interpret, you know? Yeah. Yeah, leave it a little better than you found it and pass it on to somebody else to make even cooler. It seems to have gone away from the slow-mo in, in action films these days. You don't see it as much. Well, we don't like anything slow anymore. No, slow no. is not. We, we, just, we have fast cuts. Fast cuts. Yeah, is we, don't we, time for, we don't have time for that. I'm bringing back the slow motion, Joe. <laughs> that, that's my mission. Are you? <laughs> I remember what was the film the first time I saw some martial arts film where it, it was slowed down and you know, I've seen a million times since that effect where, I don't know, they've got the actor has dust on them or something. So you can see that the hit is connecting. Oh, yeah. And realizing that these guys are actually hitting each other, you know, and the dust flies They, they call it power powder. Power powder? <laughs> power powder. Bring, bring more, give them more power powder. And is there a way to hit somebody that gets that effect without hitting them too hard? Or you just have to? No, you just got to hit them hard. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's a different way of doing things in the East. <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of uh, yeah. No, no, you don't. You don't need a doctor. No, you just you know you wake up in your hotel room. It's fine. <laughs> Good yeah. God! 
Um, yeah, that's all the terrifying thing at the end of those Jackie Chan films where they show you all the outtakes where Jackie gets I mean, broken every hurt. every bone in his body more than once, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early in the morning is not a good time for Jackie Chan, I'm sure. <laughs> that is commitment. Yeah. They're crazy guys. Okay, the raid. You've seen the raid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's a newer. That's probably the 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 newest film in the list. But um, you've got to talk about the raid. Yeah, Gareth Evans, who's yeah. a director from Wales, which is not far from where I live because I'm from Birmingham. Uh, making films out in Indonesia um, doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> he, he's he's a fantastic director. What he did with that movie, I mean, okay, it's like you know, it's basically Die Hard, isn't it? The plot of Die Hard repurposed, which of course we've seen many mm. times, but that he had the uh, the foresight to set like make a martial arts movie in in a, in a building where. SWAT team, everyone in the building is bad and they're all out to get the SWAT team. And once they run out of bullets, you know, it's just going to be a free for all with the fighting. But I love that movie. I think it's, um, it shows what an amazing director Gareth is and his sensibility yeah. for, you know, horror and um, just making very tense, tense moments. Uh, you know, the fighting's great, but there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot more going in, on in the movie as well. Some very tense moments. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's nonstop once it gets going. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's uh, it's a pure pure blooded action film. It's weird. I remember enjoying the um, parts of the second one. I thought there, I mean, there was that amazing. There's a the fight with two guys in the back of a tiny car that's that's driving yeah. um, while while they're fighting, which is pretty amazing. But I remember thinking like of all the movies that don't need a sequel in which the characters talk more, um, the raid, yeah. the raid was probably, <laughs> well, the, the, it wasn't possible it, for them to fight more. <laughs> I get, yeah. But like the raid too is it's like, it's an hour longer and there's so much plot and there's so much talking and it's like, what do you, did, did you see the first raid? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but man, some of those scenes. Yeah. I, the, the raid, yeah, I saw that in the theater when it came out. It was just, could not believe what I was looking at. Intense, yeah. And I, I, I'm a big fan of violence. I don't know what that says about me, but I, I love seeing a bit of violence. On like, was, I was telling you before when I was coming back on the plane, I um, put History of Violence on uh, to watch again because ah. I love that movie. Oh, thank you. It's uh, not not a lot of violence in it, but when there is, it's pretty damn violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I, what is it about? I, I mean, there's obvious answers, and uh, we all like them to some degree here, at least. But but I think just because violence violence is so inherently visual, you know, it's it's very very cinematic, dramatic. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When it, when it like for for me as a guy that makes action films, and you know, that's all I make. But it seems to me that all the skills of, of filmmaking are needed for, for an action film. I mean, yeah. we could probably do with more skill in the drama department on, on some of the films, if you know what I mean, but everything, everything is needed. You know, the, the acting, the story, of course, that has to be there and it should be there. 
but then the you know the editing in in fight scenes the smoke and mirrors of making you look like you're hitting someone when you're not uh, the violence the makeup effects the blood the squibs um, sound effects sound effects yeah um but but to go back to bruce it's it's got to have that emotional content it's got to have a context whereby you care you know yeah. and it's um uh, that's one of the, you know, and, and then you, you need to be able to, I, um, I was showing my wife debt collector the other night, which, uh, she, she enjoyed and, um, uh, you know, and she's not action films are not her thing. She enjoys them, but it's not something she does or spends a lot of time, you know, contemplating the way knuckleheads like us do. But, um, she said, so she's like, you know what I like? It's like, I liked, uh, I knew what was happening in the fights. Oh Yeah. You always know where you are. Well, that's that's an important component. I mean, what what's what started to happen a couple of years ago was that direction of action scenes and car chases and things like that started to get uh, very stylized to a point where um, it's there's so much going on and the camera is swishing around so much that there's there, there's no sense of geography, mm. and and when you don't know where you are, uh, it's very difficult to get involved in believing what you're seeing. And sometimes it's just a cover for, for bad staging. Um, but I think yeah, anything, any, it always feels that way. Yeah. Anytime you can, you can ground your, your scene in a, a something that the audience has some understanding of where it's taking place. Uh, it, it just, it yeah. just makes it have so, so much more impact than when you just sit there sort of trying to figure out these cuts and like, what was that a shot of? And when, who was, who was that? And, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it can be exciting and kinetic, but it doesn't mean anything because you don't really know what you're looking at. Right. Yeah. I hate that thing where you're sort of, now you just have to sit back and wait till it's over to find out what happened. Mm. <laughs> you know? And, and yeah, it's just one of the things I've enjoyed in your film, Scott. Well, I, I don't like it when, you know, you talk about crossing the line and it's, it's fine to cross the line, but once you cross the line for, for me in a fight sequence or a gunfight, once you cross the line, yeah. you've got to stay there for a bit. When you're crossing and crossing and crossing yeah. and crossing and jumping around like that, that's when you lose the geography of, well, who, who's fighting who? Because yeah. he was that side of the screen and now he's over here and I can't, mm -hmm. you know, I can't, can't keep track of it. But Spielberg's so yeah. good at, at setting up the geography of his films, isn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, you oh. know, especially for something like you know, uh, Munich when you've got that. He's explaining where the apartment is that they're going to blow up and where's the guy on the phone and they're in the car over there. And he, he sets all that geography up and he spends a long time doing it very elegantly, but he makes sure to do it so you understand exactly where everyone is and, and you know what's at stake. Um, if you can try and be that good, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> please do. <laughs> at, least, at least aim yeah. for it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think some filmers they don't even think about it. Yeah, and I just I think that the difference between um, a really well directed fight scene between like two guys in an alley or a crazy chaotic, you know, massive over the top action scene where I just I just don't care. It's like if I can follow it. Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's not it's not rocket science. But the problem is, um, like you see me do it, or you see Bruce Lee do it, or whoever makes those type of films. Um, you know, we're very good at being able to put the punch precisely where it needs to be and make it look like a hit for the camera right. and all the rest of it. And remembering yeah. the choreography, uh, most actors 
they're not going to be able to do that. So you need to hide their yeah. uh, shortcomings with shaky cam or yeah. editing mm-hmm. editing too much or, or whatever. Yeah. But if you yeah. you know if you're going to film, you, you could just put one camera on me, and I'll probably make it look pretty decent. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that yeah. uh, that that matters too, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But enough of blowing my own trumpet. What's next on the list? <laughs> uh, point Break. It's the ultimate rush. There's nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. It's total commitment. Real thin line between life and death. I'm not a cook. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. He'll take you to the edge. Past it. This is going to be a great day, Johnny. Think taxpayers would like at Utah if they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls? Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Whoa! Huh? What? Very popular with our audience. What do we think about? Are you talking about Point Break a lot? Oh, a lot of people talk. Really? It it comes up. Oh, it's it's such a it's such a. I'll tell you something. I I saw it in theaters when it came out. I saw it in an empty theater, and the word on the film when it came out was just this is just ridiculous. It's terrible. It's goofy. And you and you watch the film, and I'm sitting there in the theater going, "What the fuck? This is amazing!" And it's been really interesting how over the years, you know, I think there's still people who still think it's some sort of camp classic or something, but, um, oh, I don't think I it's think camp think at it's all. The, oh, I think it's the great nineties action film. Flipping, uh, flipping, brilliant movie. Or, Come on. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of great action yeah. in there directed by a woman. Yes. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this was back in the nineties. So, you know, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it was real. Yeah. <laughs> I got to work with um, got to work with Catherine on uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. How was that? Yeah, I had a small part in in that film, but uh, she's a uh, very unassuming lady. Very very sweet, uh, but she certainly made a, an adrenaline fueled action movie with Point Break. Mm-hmm. It's- Phenomenal. Yeah. Where where were you when you first saw it? What was that experience? I remember going to the cinema to watch it. Um, I guess it was a summer movie and yeah, I, I from the trailer I, I was thinking I was gonna see something good, decent. Um my friend who I went with, I think he was big into the surfing as well, so that helps us get excited mm. for it. Um But yeah, two two Swayze films there. He was uh a great, a great, a really great actor. Obviously, very physical, very talented. Um, yeah, could use his body in a great way, but a, a really, a really, really great actor. I mean, one of the things I love about that film—I think I've said this before on the show—but 
you have a movie where there's an ex-football playing FBI agent from the Midwest, and then you have a character who's a sort of dope-smoking hippie surfer, and you have Keanu Reeves, and you have Patrick Swayze. <laughs> and I think the secret genius of that movie it should have been the other. They should have been flipped. <laughs> I think they cast them in the wrong parts. That's why it's so good. It's so good. It's just, it's crazy. It's like, who would do that? And yet, just phenomenal. It, uh, uh, I, I, I love that film. Yeah, it's, it's so many great moments. And the skydiving, that, that is an amazing sequence. And to see Swayze yeah. doing so much of that himself is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was real. It's crazy. Yeah. A good, um, a good LA movie. That one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have you have you done any skydiving in front of a camera? I, I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that would jump off the roof of my house because I know I can make it. Right. But um, I'm not going to rely on somebody else packing my chute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the appeal. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it looks nice. It looks spectacular. I would like to do it, but yeah, I don't. I don't trust anyone. Yeah, there's a trust thing there, isn't there? Yeah, I certainly don't trust myself to pack a parachute confidently. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a few, uh, you know, videos on YouTube that would show you how to do that. Give it a go. Yeah. Uh, my 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 dad was a paratrooper in the special forces, and uh, when he, there was a period where he was single. Um, uh, after my parents divorced, I remember he would, he would be dating a woman for a little while and then he'd take her on the big date, which was, he'd take her parachuting and, and I'd, I'd never see her again. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and then, and then finally he dated a woman who said no to parachuting and they've been married for 35 years. Now, so. <laughs> wow. So did, I don't know what that says. <laughs> was, was he packing her shoot? I, I, <laughs> she just, she refused. She refused, but, um, so what's next? What do you got? Um, the Jackie Chan film, Armor of God. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's God. That's the worst injury, right? Isn't that the one? Oh yeah. That was the one that almost killed him. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, uh, you'll notice that in that movie, he's got Shaw's hair. Um, and so they filmed a bit at the beginning first and he had the accident and obviously he had a plastic thing put in his head and then he came back and he, his hair was long and they said, well, maybe it's bad luck that you had short hair because you normally have long hair and that's why you've had the accident. So you have to keep the long hair. So you notice that after he does that stunt and he did it the first time and it was okay, it was usable. They decided to do it again for whatever right. reason. And that was when he had the accident. But you see, he jumps onto yeah. the tree, he goes down, he, he jumps off. Yeah. And then the next time you see him, he's got really thick, long hair. Thick I think that's the one where I noticed in the outtakes that it seems like he always gets injured on the second take. <laughs> you know, they get it right, and then it's like, let's do another for safety. Let's do, it. Let's do another one for the outtakes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in six weeks. Yeah. So, so why why that one of all the of all the Jackie Chan's? What's the? Uh... Uh, there's so many, but personally, I I think that's the best Jackie Chan film for me. Um, a great sense of humor, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, I'm an action junkie. The action sequences are just incredible. 
just incredible fighting all those monks at the end um fighting those amazon ladies uh, that's one of the giant women the giant, right? yes. yeah. yeah well yeah they're bigger than jackie chan they're a giant they are. <laughs> well yeah. they, they keep turning chinese five foot four they women. turn china they turn chinese in some shots as well but you know that's okay <laughs> they turn into chinese men you couldn't get away with that these days <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Jackie Chan is, is the legend, isn't he? I've got to do a couple of films with Jackie Chan, which were mm. amazing to work with him. Uh, yeah, he's uh, one on his own, the modern-day yeah. Buster Keaton. It's true. Yeah. Again, like Stallone, a, a real filmmaker. Uh, he's got his hands in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure, yep. Very intelligent guy, would uh, keep... He would see something in a magazine and he, he would keep it as an idea, like all those crazy things that he does in, in different movies. He, he would see it in a magazine and he'll pin it to the wall and maybe he'll use it in that film, maybe he'll use it 10 years later, but he's always thinking of different ideas. Um, yeah. Very inventive filmmaker. And obviously, you know, it was uh, nobody's done as much stunts as him, bar. I think it's Tom Cruise now. Tom Cruise is the new Jackie Chan, which is crazy. I can't. <laughs> the um, yeah, I remember like Jackie was the first one to come along who just broke. It just felt like for a long time these guys were coming out of of Hong Kong and so forth, who were just trying to be the next Bruce Lee. And uh, he had that period, obviously, but he seemed like he was the first guy to come along and go, "Fuck that! I'm going to be something else," and and brought all that humor to it. And yeah, that. it took him a while though, apparently. Yeah. He did a few films yeah, that were yeah. flops, and he did a lot of flops, more flops than he probably should have been allowed to make. I mean, they kept giving him second chances. Yeah, it's amazing. But I think they were forcing him to do it a certain way, be the new Bruce Lee. I mean, I, I remember as a yeah. kid going into the video shop, being a big Bruce Lee fan, and remember the American film he made, The Protector? Yeah. So the, the, the cardboard cutout of him and the protector was him looking as much like Bruce Lee as you could possibly make him. He's there with his top off, he's shredded, he's you know, giving the Bruce Lee uh, scream. And I remember as a 13-year-old kid or whatever it was, seeing that and thinking, who's this Bruce Lee ripoff? <laughs> I, I vividly yeah. remember that because I, I hadn't seen any Jackie Chan films at that point. And they, right. they didn't come out until much later in my teens. Uh, that that was the first film I, I, of Jackie Chan I saw was The Protector, and everything that m- that makes Jackie Chan brilliant, for whatever reason, um, the director decided to do it the other way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that yeah. movie. Because he's got that kind of sweetness. Yeah. Right. He's a personality. I mean, as, you know, as a, he's, he's not a, a quote great actor, but he's a great personality, yeah. and that's what makes a star. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. They tried to turn him into Clint Eastwood in that film. Mm. Yeah, and he's just not. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have the look. Nothing else. But there was. I don't remember what the first time I saw him do it was. But I mean, the first the first time you saw him get up from taking a kick or a punch, and and he's obviously hurt. So I was like that. That was new too. The whole like, oh shit, this hurts. Yeah. That was that was a new thing. It was just really simple, but it was kind of. He really- likes to take a beating. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and some some of these action guys don't like Stallone. He he'll take a beating on screen because, and and mm-hmm. I I enjoy to take a beating because I think you you'll feel for the ca- the character. There's more vulnerability there, and sure. 
you know, when he when he when he defies the odds and comes back and beats the bad guys, you know, all the better for it. Absolutely. But then you've got Bruce Lee, who he doesn't he doesn't get hit. That, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he he dishes him out. And Steven Seagal, forget about it. Never takes a beating. <laughs> it's also plausible too, because he's so he looks so light and maneuverable. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't want to. Uh, there's a lot more of Steven Seagal these days than there was before. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't want to mess up the ponytail. That's uh, not good for business. <laughs> He used to have an office next to me at Warner Brothers, and every time I'd see him out, out uh, in the hallways, hey, Dante, we're going to make a movie together. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You're asking, or is that a threat? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gee, Joe, I'm, I'm sure you're heartbroken at that yeah. uh, collaboration. Well, you know, it might have been something interesting. Who knew? Hey, <laughs> give, give, it, give him his due back in the day. Under under siege, hey, under siege. Hard to kill, man. <laughs> that was good as well. <laughs> and he would grind them out one after another. I mean, you know, he, yeah. he and Charles Bronson were just like this. Every time he turned around, it's another movie, you know? Yeah. Those ones back in the day, though, they, they, it, it was good because you'd not, you'd not seen that style before. So it did take you by – and for me, you know, it, it, it was like, wow, what, who's this guy? And I've not, I've not seen this on film before. Well, it was a little bit of the Billy Jack too, you know. Yeah, but but let me let me ask you this, and if it's if I'm putting you in, a, in an uncomfortable position, we'll cut this. But <laughs> as someone with absolutely no martial arts chops whatsoever, my sense of him was always that he just kind of stood there. <laughs> I, I did, was there was there actual martial arts skill going on in the? Uh... Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, really. Okay. Oh yeah, he's a. Uh bona fide genuine aikido master yeah, yeah i just it never seemed to me to quite come across on film somehow well I, it did for me it did for me yeah i mean because okay. whenever you can i mean this is something that i've always wrestled with and i've not been able to pull it off but when you can bring something that no one's ever seen before and everything's been done now it's, yeah. it's so difficult sure so you, you've got to like almost find a new twist on something that has been done before and, and make it new. That, that's why I like the raid so much. It was yeah. the same concept, but different enough to make an impact. Um, well, lately, if you see a Steven Seagal film made in the last 10 years, he does most of his fighting while he's in a chair. So Yeah, well, let's just, uh, let's just remember the heyday. <laughs> I've never seen that before. <laughs> Uh, he's on next week. Well, uh, no, I'm the, the, um, the John Wick guys. The John Wick guys, like they, they, they were able to yeah. do something new that you'd, you'd not seen before. I mean, you have you have seen it yeah. before. You know, it's like uh, it's almost John John Woo made real with no slow mo, mm -hmm. and they mix yeah. Aikido, Stephen Scales art into the gunplay and the jujitsu and the judo, um, which we've all seen before, but all done together with the realistic uh, right. pistol work that made it something new. It's very hard. That's the secret of genre of trying to do the things that people expect, but do it in a different way. That's it. Shucks. That, that fight with the dogs in the third one. I just, <laughs> when the dogs are just running around ripping guys up while they're fighting them. The it was amazing. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, those films are incredible. If it works once, do it another three times, which was exactly what they did with the dog uh, biting the guy's balls. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that.
they've gone from point blank headshots in the second one to uh, dogs eating balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way more yeah. visceral. Way That's more great visceral. stuff. Fantastic. Uh, are there are there more? Do you have any more? Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. It's um, okay. Yeah. So it was a it was a, was a, a pleasure having you on. Glorious. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got to say these are the kind of films that that um, are helping uh, get get at least me and my wife through this weird quarantine we're in. Is just uh, yeah, very uh, surreal. Loud, action packed. Uh, yeah, and and. Uh, uh, usually a kind of a sense of things going right by the end. Well, Unlike like real life. Yeah. Well, I guess yes. it gives you guys a chance to come up with some original inventive content. There are two shows. There are now two shows that have been developed in the last week, I've heard. Um, I think one is from the people who did the American version of The Office. They're actually doing TV shows now that are entire Zoom conferences. Uh, so you can get the actors now without having to have them leave their house. But I was just thinking as we were Finishing up this conversation, I'd like, I, how would you do the martial arts version of the uh, quarantine movie? I guess you can't. Well, really. It's hard to do it by <laughs> yourself. <laughs> hard to do it's, it by, yeah. It'll be me in my room on my own, smashing my laptop. Smashing That's my right. laptop. Yeah, just smashing things. This could be yeah. your face. <laughs> um, wow. Thank you so well, Scott, much. Scott, thank you so very much for doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for um, I want to say for our, for our listeners, uh, if you want to know, um, uh, how how behind everything we are here in America. Um, we've been doing a lot of these things uh, over the internet, and I've never seen a clearer picture uh, than the one coming from Scott, who's right now. You're you're in England, right? Yeah, yeah. Because see, they have great internet over there. Well, I did have a word with my wife and two kids, and said nobody's going on Netflix or YouTube until <laughs> after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, they're them. Well. Yeah. Yes, release We're them. We're going to get Peppa Pig Let back on. Go. That's right. Thanks, Scott. All Great right. Well, you. Scott, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Great to meet you, too. All the best. And just a heads up, uh, Scott's new one, The Debt Collectors, directed by uh, movies that may be guest Jesse Johnson, will be coming out next week on DVD, Blu-ray, iTunes, I don't know, pay-per-view, uh, VHS, wherever it is that movies are coming out these days. So uh, check it out. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of trailersfromhell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, Film Vault. We are one of the original film podcasts. That can't be true. There was like two other film podcasts when we began, Brian. How long have we been doing this show? You and I first sat down and did a version of the show over 20 years ago. My God. Two episodes each week. One. We review movies and the first episode and the second one. Different top five every week. Movies that made you cry. Worst movie accents. Most disturbing movies. All right, The Film Vault. Check it out. Wherever you find a fine podcast. That's right. The Film Vault. Going on 20 plus years.